0: Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. I'm so excited to be bringing you today's episode. 2020 hasn't been the year that any of us expected and we only have a couple of months left, but it doesn't mean it's not too late to turn things around. In today's episode, I chat with Mark, who is one of the co-founders of Crisis Heroes, an amazing community platform that was born out of 2020. Mark's year was supposed to be filled with travel and adventure after quitting a career that no longer fulfilled him. Instead, Mark was met with coronavirus and found himself back home at his parents' place in rural Victoria. Although this was difficult to deal with, Mark didn't let it get him down and turned things around to create Crisis Heroes. I'm so excited for you to hear this chat. Mark has a wealth of knowledge and wisdom that he shares in this episode, so let's jump straight into episode 33 of the podcast, Pivoting in Times of Crisis.
1: Mark, thank you so much for joining me on the Millennial Crisis podcast. It's a bloody pleasure to have you on today.
2: Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, uh, you've been to one of the Millennial Conversation events, and similar Mm -hmm. to how I start them, I start my podcast in the same way, which is, what is your name, age, and what do you do?
2: My name is Mark Hatchison. I'm 28 years old, and I am the co-founder of Crisis Heroes, so an online community platform allowing anyone to volunteer or look for help and support during these really weird times.
1: Amazing. And before we jump into Crisis Heroes and your kind of journey of 2020, which has been (laughs) a bit of a roller coaster for you, I want to ask you, when you were younger, as in probably primary school age, what did you want to do?
2: It's a good question. And I've also thought of this analogy as well in terms of career and purpose and everything like that. But I wanted to be a chef when I was really, really young, so much so that myself and my two mates, we would play um, pretend chef at the beach and actually pretend like we're on camera. So we'd cook with the local ingredients around the rock pool and everything like that. And then for right or wrong reasons, mum and dad said, a chef, you know, the long hours it might be antisocial and stuff like that. And I never hold that against them, but I'm like, okay, not a chef. So I don't know. Um I was still trying to work things out and we are still trying to work things out. But I think right here in 2020, although it's been a really, really weird year, I think I've never been more content in what I'm doing now. So to answer your question, a chef, but now here uh doing this startup. The
1: the secondary part to that question is as you grew up, what did you tell people? you wanted to do looking end of high school start of uni days
2: yeah and i guess every everybody for right or wrong wants to project this amazing version of themselves to people right and again i was still figuring it out but i i i think i wanted to be a journalist and and i'm quite fortunate to say that i did that so you know, but we're not meant to have these things worked out, especially at the age of seventeen, eighteen, going into university. I'm like, ugh, I'll just do a bachelor of arts because you know my best subject at school was in uh, in media studies. So, yeah, it kind of went with the assumption that I was going to be a journalist and 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 landed in that. So, yeah, I guess you're on two ends of the spectrum. You got chef here and journalist here. I'd say so. Yeah, funny how things work out
1: right and do you still cook like is cooking a thing you've you've actually ever been into or was it more like the I guess creativity and pretending you're in front of the camera and all of that kind of fun stuff that that you really enjoyed
2: good question I live to eat I don't eat to live. <laughs> what about you what about you do, which one of those are you out of the two are you, uh, uh, eat to live or live to eat
1: i live to eat yeah I, I, was, I was trying to i was trying to go in my head like it was like a left and right thing i was like pulling out my hands like trying to figure
3: out which one it
1: was but yeah no yeah. i love i love food i love cooking and and all of that stuff so
2: and to, sure. to, to yeah to answer your question i i i love i love cooking still so it's um a nice little sort of form of mindfulness if you like and you know um, i've got a few famous dishes so if I'm really trying to impress you, you might see the slow cooked uh, masaman curry, or or uh, or my jambalaya as well, like a three meat Spanish risotto. So yeah, you know if I'm cooking. Uh, for you Demi and any one of those two things come out then yeah I really pulled out the big guns
1: (laughs) (laughs) we love that well hopefully once this is over we can see. I want to see some of these skills you know I want to see these these curries or perhaps after Crisis Heroes after your next career thing we see you on tv being the next Huey's Huey's Kitchen
2: At the rate, at the rate, 2020's gone. I wouldn't even blink an eyelid if the camera's going three, two, one, and action. You're on live cooking, <laughs> just yeah. You can hold me to that.
0: Yeah, I love it.
1: No, it's awesome, and I think I think it's really nice because, and I want to get into your story because I think the idea of this kind of conversation and, and where we've gone with this part is that it's so easy for us now to evolve, and the mindset when we were growing up was you have one career and you have to stick to it. You have one kind of identity you have to stick to it. And the beauty of, this life. And the other thing that kind of 2020 has shown is whether it's an internal factor of I've just changed my mind and this no longer sparks me or an external factor, like we're in a global fucking pandemic and you have to <laughs> pivot, shit changes. So, you know, we, we can have multiple passions. We can have multiple things we want to do. And that's totally fine. As long as you stick to one in one moment, you <laughs> know, we have kind of a similar story in terms of, our plans for what 2020 were supposed to be, right? Last year mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. packed up, quit your job and headed overseas to work in, in Amsterdam, was it right? Am I right? There? Yeah, that
2: was that was the end destination. Yep.
1: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that, that whole process, where you were at that stage of your life and what kind of built up the courage to be like, nah, actually had enough here for a bit. Let's move things up. Let's switch gears.
2: Mm. Um, i uh, was born and raised in Tasmania, and I guess at the age of 27, 28. Um, and to rewind a little bit, my parents met. um traveling overseas. My mum's South African. My dad's a uh, Smith and Tasmanian Bogan. well <laughs> but and how he did that, I still I still wonder to this day. But um, they met overseas and have traveled. A- length time and time again so it's always been ingrained in me to do that and at 27 years of age without any real real job satisfaction or anything like that I just drew a line in the sand and as nervous as as I was I'm like it's kind of now or never because you keep going now I'll do it next year and next year and next year and then it never happens so yeah you feel me you you tried to do something similar and so what I did is quit my job pack my bags and was actually on the way to the UK to work and live. It was in America at the time where, you know, I was in San Francisco and that's when things started to go belly up. So when you walk down the street and you see everyday people, about 30 of them queuing at the local supermarket for supplies, there was this eerie hum in the air. It felt awful and I'm like okay, if America's doing this, what's happening at home? And meanwhile, looking back from afar and seeing people fighting over toilet rolls and stuff and you just go, oh no. But had a conversation with the parents and I'm like, look, it's it's better that I come home. So fast forward a couple of days and uh, my ambitions to work and live overseas were over and at the ripe age of 28 years of age, I was back in my hometown, the Bernie Tasmania, isolating with my parents and that was really like a look around the room moment. I have one or two choices. And while I did sulk for a little bit, along came Matthew Platts, the co-founder of Process Heroes, and uh, we started brainstorming.
1: Uh, I mean, I feel that wholeheartedly because <laughs> I was—I mean, I was in a similar position with mum bringing me food to the door, and yeah. and mm-hmm. and being at the mercy of that, thinking—and I'm sure you had the same thing—thinking 2020 was this year of like finally gonna pursue all of these things, gonna live the dream, and then it being like, oh fuck it all came crashing down right but before we jump into the good stuff before we kind Mm -hmm. of get into how you pivoted and flipped 2020 around which you've done an amazing job at in itself and I think that is a huge achievement I really want to talk about that but before we get into that what was what was that process for you when you were sitting in your room thinking fuck I'm, I'm 28 I am now living at home. I've got no job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Left, I know that I need a change in my life. Like, how was that process? And did you find you needed to like grieve and sit with that a bit? And did you do that, or was it straight away into what do I do next? What's the next move?
2: I can't sit still. And my parents have uh, labeled me as the butterfly, right? For that exact reason. So bouncing all over the place all the time. And it was actually Matthew Platts, the co-founder that I was traveling with um, who also while he wasn't going overseas to work and live, you know, he was going to continue around America for a bit longer. So his hopes were dashed. So he came back to Melbourne to quarantine and I went back to Tassie and um, we were, um, we had one another, which was awesome. And um, yeah, I guess it still hasn't sunk in. And I don't even know for you or, or any of us whether 2020 will sink in and what's happened. It's kind of like, you know, just we'll not get on with it, but that's exactly what I did. But yeah, I don't think the gravity of this situation will fully sink in for anyone. So to answer your question, um, I was sitting at the dinner table with my parents and I looked at them and I kind of went, like, I've got you guys to help support me during these two weeks of isolation and quarantine. And it was it was so weird, and I think I've told you this before, over in Melbourne, Tasmania, at exactly the same time, Matthew did exactly the same thing because he had a, a mate just drop him off groceries and we both called one another. And it was like this stupid you know, thing out of a movie where at the same time we both went, a platform to help one another. Um, and we're like, what? And then, yeah, so within yeah a week we built that back to your question you know the whole me being a butterfly I didn't really let it sink in and I just I just went with it and things have snowballed so in a good way
1: I wonder I spoke with someone else about this and and I think a lot of people have had this situation where things haven't gone the way they were planned and they've had to pivot and pivot quickly and what he was saying was in the beginning he flipped the switch and moved on straight away, started hustling and getting every, all his ducks in a row. And then suddenly things kind of began to catch up with him. And he said that he hadn't actually taken time to process what had happened before. And I guess yeah. this was when there was a bit of a lull in in what he was doing as well. And then I guess everything that he had not processed before kind of came up as well. But I guess for you, things have snowballed so quickly that you Probably haven't even had space in your mind to even go like that's what's happened it's just the next part of things right is that
2: yeah 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 you've nailed it and I guess what I have to be really conscious of is when things if things do slow down or or when things do slow down and this is part of me and, and my mental health journey is is when things do slow down is being okay with that and being able to be Content in that stillness as well, because again, being labelled by my parents as the butterfly, I'm looking for the next thing to do to distract myself. So, if that time comes, I'm more I'm more comfortable now as a 28 year old as opposed to a 21 year old going. It's actually okay to sit with this and acknowledge what's happened and um, not not ruminate for too long, but just have to think about the, the, this crazy six months that it's been. But um, yeah, I don't know have have you had have you had that chance yet, or are things with you still still moving forward
1: and ahead yeah no no I had a I had like a month where I was just like fuck my life (laughs) yeah no I I definitely I had a good month of that and then I was like nah I've got this other thing and and that was putting the thing into that I guess the reason that I put it out there is because the other person that I was speaking about that had that similar situation he worked fully on his own and I Mm. work fully on my own so Mm. in the work I do so I I wonder if it's, and I think it, it, it kind of stems back to the research I do on millennials as well, is that sense of community is really important for us and it pushes us forward. And so having the two of you have such a similar experience and kind of uplifting each other in that way, I think that, and I, I could be wrong, but I, did you think that drives you in having both of you? So if one person might not be feeling 100 or you need an extra kick up the ass one day or something do you think (laughs) having the two of you bounce off each other is something or it's just like you've always been next thing next thing
2: a bit of both but but more so what you're insinuating like to pick one another up and and two this is obviously nick hoban the third co-founder who he didn't have the international tragedy, travel story like Matt and I, but um, he came on within the same time when we touched back down in Tassie. So to have the three of us and to bounce off one another and pick one another up is is huge and essential. And I... I uh, don't for a second take for granted the fact that like yourself or other solo entrepreneurs, like that there's going to be those lulls in in creativity and and lulls in even ambition and, and motivation and stuff. So what you've done in having these, these weekly sessions as well, just like I walked out of that, just like, you know, fist pumping, so to speak, because even though I have my two other co-founders, it was so bloody refreshing to hear from other people and as cliche as it is know that you're not doing it alone and know that you're not going insane either so this sense of community is is needed now more than ever so yeah i still i still have to go and get my fix outside of crisis heroes as well to see that ambition and fuel continue
1: yeah and and that's definitely not to take away from from your work at all because regardless of there's different struggles that come up with Partnerships and with mm. working solo as well, because you're combining mm. business with friendship. You're combining different yep. opinions, and I'm sure mm. that's been something tricky to navigate in itself. So there's mm. it's it's definitely not to take away from that at all. It's just uh, something that I'm always curious about, and I think sometimes we always look at the other side and think the grass is greener you know I'm sure sometimes you might think like fuck it would have been great if I did that <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> on my own so I could do this decision and then after you pass over that hump you're like no 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 I love these guys you know this oh, actually is great yeah.
2: the, the grass is always greener is is a syndrome in my life and um yeah but for for the most part yeah we um, we're we're three mates and we we have a uh as cliche as it sounds a, sounds a democracy type thing like we we all need to agree on something to 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 move it forward so i'm really lucky to work with two other like-minded individuals that's awesome
1: really cool Mm. so Mm. you had this phone call you jumped on the phone you were like let's fucking sort this out let's do something let's build something where we can help people essentially Mm. what what Mm. about we we're so lucky to have these people around us we want someone that will help us what happened then like we can all have these crazy ideas and we can all have these chats with mates. A lot of the time they might be with a couple of drinks in us, like let's be the next Uber, (laughs) let's be the next, you know, Airbnb and all of that stuff. But then the next day things fizzle. What was it for you guys that really kicked you up the ass and went, nah, this is happening. What do we do now?
2: My big disclaimer to what I'm about to say is it's not every day that you have who I've said multiple times in media and he now has his name, whether he likes it or not, is the wizard Matthew Platts as a software engineer, right? So it it was a unique set of circumstances when you've got a best mate that's a software engineer. And for me, having my creative side and my marketing media side and whatever, it was just like, a, you know, these powers combined type of Captain Planet thing. But so, yeah, we just looked at one another and I said, Matt, do you have the capacity to do it? And he's like, what do you reckon? So I started, you know, writing the script and everything. We brought Nick in, um, who has like the UX uh, kind of website design experience there. Also another nice pivot. He was a lawyer as well. So to go from that wow. into the startup space is pretty cool. So we all just said, yep, talk to you and at the end of each day kind of thing. And we went about building this thing. And then yeah, due to Maddie's credit, within a week we had a had a first version of Crisis Heroes, which is, you know, we'll look back, we we'll even look back now and laugh at what we had at a first take, but you got to start somewhere, right? So yeah, it was all heads down, bums up. And yeah, my big disclaimer is having, I guess even I'll back myself in here, the three of us with these skill sets that could help build this thing was awesome. So yeah, yeah, that's how it came about.
1: In my previous life, I worked in marketing and product development. So mm. what you're describing there was like the ideal client, the dream team <laughs> that was for a product. It was the tech brain, the marketing brain. And then the like, you know, I, the, essentially the UX is something that ties yeah. things Together, right? So because yep. people mistaken just because you know marketing that you know UX as well when it's totally different all game at time, right?
2: Yeah, right, hundred percent. You think? And
1: so that's I mean that's incredible that all of you happened. And it's it's sometimes like I don't know if you feel the same, but it, it almost sounds like it was like a meant to be thing. Do you ever feel that like, that twenty twenty? Although it's been a shit show, and we don't want to take away from the tragedy that's been. I think for a lot of people, it's been like this wake up or this forced scenario that has forced people to do something or to come together in a different way do you feel like that at all
2: oh yeah and i would push it back on you and ask do you think you would be where you're at right now doing this podcast with me if it wasn't for 2020 or do you think you would have
1: the the reason i say it is because like <laughs> i i while i was away i feel like i wasn't even taking full advantage of the life i was living abroad as well and i needed to come back regroup sort my life out kind of thing mm. to be able to when i do go away again actually enjoy it properly and now you're for like you're forced to be at home and sometimes you forget that there's all of these other things happening that can distract us from doing the other things. Whereas now a lot of us are forced to focus in one area and maybe like social life has been taken out of the (laughs) equation or like, you know, the work we were previously doing has been taken out of the equation. And so Mm. you get to give your time fully to, to more things. And I'm kind of,
3: grateful
2: <laughs> yeah. and, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and when I say grateful as well I I, I kind of yeah uh, a little bit of sarcasm in it as well but the thing for me is 2020 has been the biggest silver lining yet for me because I guess what I was getting at is I don't think no I never would have been in the position I'm in now if the start of the year and while as you say and we all know this is super unfortunate yeah, I would never be doing what I'm doing right now. I had ambitions to do something different, right? Like you like travel to the other side of the world and, and try something different, but I didn't know what it was yet. So I'm really, really fortunate to be in the position I am, knowing that a lot of other people are struggling through this year. And don't worry, I still have my struggles too. But it was a nice kick up the ass to to pivot into something to pivot into something new. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because we have this assumption and I did an episode on this ages ago about it as well, about the assumption that we need to go abroad or we need to do these other things to kind of find ourselves or figure out (laughs) what we want to do next and all of that stuff. But I, I don't think we do. I think we just need to open ourselves up to connecting with new people, speaking with new people. And I know for you now being in the startup space, I'm sure that's been the biggest and craziest thing is the people you've been able to meet, the things you've learned really quickly, the experiences that you've had because of this. And it didn't take, you know, fucking hiking a mountain in, in Patagonia or something to figure that out. It was just yeah. kind of opening yourself up to new possibilities, right?
2: Right. And can I say I'm never gonna leave this space? Like this this is a game changer for me. So the amount of fulfillment I get from this and just what you've alluded to as well. I've probably met, I don't know, let's pluck a number out of the sky, maybe a hundred different people this year, right? With all these fascinating stories in his background and there's so much empowerment in the startup space as well. And 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 it sounds cliche, but everybody is so willing to help one another because they're they've either been there or they're doing it themselves. Mm. So we lean on one another and I've, I've, you know, I've got to lean on so many amazing people and pivot and bounce ideas and I'm a real big people person. So this space to be able to do this has been a, been a godsend in a, in a, in a really, really weird year.
1: That, that's awesome. And I think it's one of the misconceptions about the startup space is that we assume like it's going to be quite isolating, but if, if you do get out there, if you do kind of ask for help or seek advice and all of that stuff, you're right, people are so willing to help and and it's incredible. It is. So let's talk a bit about Crisis Heroes now, uh, the the Mm. crux of things, what it is and I guess what your plans are the future because you're doing some amazing stuff and you've been featured on some pretty big places, got some <laughs> big media around things. And um, I'm sure you as a com superstar have hustled, <laughs> hustled your way around to be able to get these opportunities. Just knocking on doors. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. they don't come on their own. People don't yeah. knock on your door and say like, oh nope. my God, crisis heroes, this happens, which is the assumption that people have. You've got a great platform or a great product and people yeah. just come knocking, right? That's how it works
2: yeah that is the fictitious world you gotta you gotta be knocking on those doors for sure
1: yeah so so tell me a bit about um, yeah what 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 that process has looked like for you
2: so yeah I guess um, from my perspective, I've been yes, yeah, as, as said, knocking on those doors from from a PR side of things because there are so many players out in the marketplace, and while we're we're one of few, which you know I'm quite fortunate and unique to be in that in in that position. Yeah, you've just got to stand out of the crowd and know who to look for, uh, who to who to network with, and that's what I've been doing from wearing my marketing media hat. So, as you're alluding to, um, and I had this conversation with a friend the other day. Literally the other day I said, when we're at university, 18, drinking however many pints at the local pub, did you ever think that you'd be seeing me on the Today show? And we both just cracked up laughing and, and said, No, like it's just funny how life can work, right? So that was that's been the biggest accolade for us, I think, from a, a, a media exposure point of view, was was the today show. And that was that was that was hard work, that was reaching out there and networking with people and pitching ourselves. Um, so yeah constantly just doing that to um, see ourselves move forward and also uh, uh, various blog sites and things like that but you know one of our proudest things that we've done Demi is to form partnership with Living Works Australia so they are the peak body for suicide prevention training Um, so they have over 200,000 people Trained in suicide prevention, right, in Australia. So here's 200,000 people running, roaming around, but they don't really know who they trained because they're a wholesaler of this training. Mm. So they will train the, the lives of Beyond Blue and Lifeline and things like that. So they did this big data quest, I guess, by using Crisis Heroes. And we've just launched this campaign to identify people in Australia who are trained with suicide first aid get them on Crisis Heroes and then start using those skills to talk to other people. So um, that for me is a a very close to home kind of passion for me and to be able to facilitate that has been one of the most rewarding experiences. That's
1: awesome. I remember like when I saw that and you told me about that, I thought that was incredible and it's so relevant to the times Mm -hmm. right now. And I think although Crisis Hero in itself is so relevant, and I, I think I asked you in, in the beginning when I do my little pre-interview things, I was like, mm. like, what's the plan for the future? You know, Crisis Heroes is so relevant now. What's happening in the future? And a, a lot of the things that, like, although 2020 has brought up new problems for people a lot of the problems are actually already there as well and they've just been highlighted so there have been people that have been experienced loneliness there have been people that have been struggling mentally there have been people that have been isolating pre isolation you know like I, if i look back at my uni days i was not hanging out with people and stuff like that because i've fuck everyone i hate life you know what i mean like (laughs) and and so it's been a problem with not just older generations but with our generation as well so it is it is so relevant and i think what this has created is a space for people to say it's okay and also on the other side giving people a purpose to be able to help someone which is like the best feeling in the world to be able to help people so i i assume you have two i guess ideal audiences here the people that you know well, I guess people both need help on both sides, but just a different form of help, right?
2: Hundred percent, and it's 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 that that central platform to unite those people. And I guess for anyone listening to this, not knowing what Crisis Heroes is, is it's an online platform empowering everyday people like you and I to volunteer and lend a hand, or uh, you know, uh, people to look for assistance as well. So it's it's a fifty fifty there, and it's not even a problem we're experiencing, it's the wrong word, but, and it's heartwarming too at the same time is that we've got about 90% of the people on our platform um, reaching out to help others, which is amazing. And then the other 10% of those are looking for help. So there's, there's, you can look at both ends of that, that scale, which is, it's amazing to see so many people reaching out and helping others. Yeah, I think we're only on the tip of the iceberg in finding those people that feel comfortable enough to ask for help. But still, that in itself, if we're, you know, if we're a platform that can change one person's day or life, be it by seeing crisis heroes and having this platform to connect, then, um, yeah, that's my job done. So, yeah, I'm just, I I never take for granted where the situation we're in to be able to help others.
1: That's so interesting you say that. So the signups, the the majority of kind of signups and registration has been to help versus Mm -hmm. seeking help, which, Mm -hmm. which makes sense a lot in theory, because I mean, this is uh, like life, right? And everyone's so afraid everyone's always willing to give, but to like receive or to ask for help is, is the biggest kind of struggle for us, even though we have all these initiatives around that say it's okay everyone's like mm, is it you know yeah yeah <laughs> e-
2: exactly and and to smash that stigma and all those things that we've heard of before because yeah to put yourself out there is such you know it's such a thing of vulnerability and for me, I still struggle with that. So we're always brainstorming and looking for ways for people to feel comfortable enough to to post an- anonymously or, or be it with a first name on Crisis Heroes and say, no, I am struggling. But we have had some amazing examples of people connecting with another like-minded person or person in general and uh, be able to have that bubble buddy, so to speak.
1: Yeah. What's the most touching story or what's the best story? I know you've probably got heaps but and you've probably used a lot in in this media things as well but is there one story that it it, it sat really well with you and it might not be the glamorous story you know that that Mm. can get on the today show or something but Mm. it's it's something that you were like fuck that was really cool that was really powerful
2: there's two, and yeah, all, all media facade aside, which as a disclaimer, there never was, but just real talk here is the fact that there was one woman here in Melbourne, and you and I know as well as anyone what we're going through in, in a lockdown, and she was getting a, a, a COVID test and she needed a dog walk. So somehow she found Crisis Heroes and posted on there. And it was only after the dog walking request that her results came back negative, which is awesome for COVID, but she still saw a purpose for Crisis Heroes. And that was to, I think she's single and and living by herself. And that was to, you know, to reach out and find that connection. So she has now formed a a pen pal bubble buddy type situation with another person on Crisis Heroes, but she sent us some feedback and it just made me a blubbering mess, which was the fact that she said, it wasn't necessarily about the connection that she had with this person, but the ability for her to post on crisis heroes and be heard. She said it was the reason that that got her out of bed this morning, those exact words. And I was just like, drop everything. I'm like, as, as I said to you before, if I can just help one person, that's my job done. So here's this woman who now has this friendship, this, this pin pal, um, Bubble Buddy, uh, with uh, another kind soul that connected with her, and she was saying, you know, that this is the reason that I got out of bed this morning, and 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 will continue to. So yeah, I'm I'm so humbled to hear stories like that. And another woman here in Melbourne who terrible circumstances her her partner passed away and she's a new zealand resident she can't get back into new zealand and financial financial difficulties there and um so the crisis heroes community rallied behind her food financial support she said the biggest one was that she was able to laugh and smile and have people comfort her and talk to her so you know those things are just yeah we're, we're so grateful that they've been able to happen
1: That's amazing. I I'm sure that sets a fire under your belly as well. Yeah. The shit that I have to go through to get all this together and and all of the hurdles, it it makes it so worth it from that. And I think that's the difference of pursuing a career with purpose and not not necessarily passion all the time or, you know, a particular drive versus, you know, doing things because you have to or for a timeline to to fit the the company that you're working for or the place you're working for.
2: 100%. And to that really quickly, I'd say even I get caught up in the numbers and the stats and the pursuit of that next great media uh, appearance or whatever. And it takes something like that just to bring it all back to home. And, you know, I have that saved on my, my, my desktop, the little note that we got so I can remind myself once a week or whenever I forget what the purpose of Price of Zeros is. Ultimately, I know what I'm doing, but every now and again, to give myself a bit of of motivation or if I'm caught up in how many new users we've got this week, I'm just like, hang on, Mark, just take a step back and realize what this is all about. So having that reminder there is, yeah, that goes a long way.
1: I'm really glad you said that because I think the assumption is that we, we see these initiatives or we see these careers with purpose and all of this stuff. And we just assume that the other things just disappear. and, And that's the only thing that gets us, but you still get like, you still have to understand the business side of things. Doing good work these days isn't enough, right? Like you can't just do something that's in need. You have to do all the other things to be able to get yourself out there and, and, and all of that stuff. And and I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's so easy to still get caught up in the comparison, in the highs of those achievements and those next level things in the world that we live in. And I, I find the same thing over and over again if I do something that people might be congratulating myself with, but that one message from one kid that says, fuck, like I really needed this message today, or like I feel exactly the same, is the like the best thing at then anything else and to keep, sure to keep
2: you grounded right yeah keep you sure. grounded.
1: Yeah. Sure. yeah yeah 100 um so i guess what what is the what's the future for crisis heroes where do you want to take things what's the ultimate dream and goal for crisis heroes
2: Sounds like a cliche, but to help as many people as possible. Um, and, and, you know, I'll wear my marketing cap for a second um, and say that the word crisis can mean something different to everybody. It can mean something really, really serious. And I would like to assume until, you know, if we ever do have budget to do these kind of studies, what does the word crisis and crisis heroes mean to people? And crisis my assumption of crisis is I'm destitute. Like it's, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my bum here kind of thing. So whether uh, I wouldn't necessarily say a rebrand, but just training people to think that Crisis Heroes is for any act or any request, no matter how big or how small. So like, hey, can you come help me lift a bit of furniture out of, out of my home or something more to the, you know the fact like, can we have a friendly online chat? Because on either end of the spectrum, you know, the the art of helping or giving is as rewarding no matter whether it is you know helping somebody with a lift uh with a bit of furniture or a friendly on, on online chat so the future is to get crisis heroes to a point where it's more in the the mainstream as bad as that might sound but like to let everybody know that um yeah for acts big and small it's there so to grow that but you know i use the example of living works australia is to be able to network and bring on more groups as well Um, so be it lifeline salvation army uh, red cross and and so we want to give our users back not so creepy way but quite literally give them our users the ability to see a red cross or living works australia on crisis heroes and go hey i've never thought of doing my first aid training before now i can kind of thing so that's the next evolution of crisis heroes is uniting uh these nfps with everyday people as well and you know um you get caught up in life and everything and i I don't think if it was for crisis heroes i would have done this suicide first aid training so to make that accessible for uh, everyday people uh any form of training is the 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 next step for us
1: that's awesome i really like that and it's it's funny how we associate the crisis and and how you've kind of said that in terms of the longevity of things and I want to ask you what do you think are the two most powerful I guess tools we have or the needs of of people from what you've seen like what is the most powerful things that you feel people need or people can give
2: someone connection is is number 1 and number 2 so you know you, you know as well as anyone else that we've never been more connected and at the same time disconnected as well so uh and be it in this 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 lockdown as well the ability to uh yeah yeah just to connect with with somebody else is the number one characteristic that that ties me to crisis heroes and the other co-founders to what we do. So um, I think we've lost a bit of that as, um, you know, and and I don't know if this is the same for you, but, we'll, you know, we took for granted connection as well um, before the pandemic kind of thing. And now we're seeing this space where, you know, we are needing to reach out for help. And I think while there is there is tragedy and there will continue to be tra- tragedy, this 2020 will help us think um long-term about how it is that we reach out for support and connect with people as well. Um, One thing I look at is the amount of my friends that have gone home to be with their parents again, as a kind of example, what I'm getting at is like, we never would have done that before if it wasn't for this pandemic. So families being, you know, and I use a big disclaimer, there's a lot of families that are, um, still still struggling to meet up quite literally but um, families are being united again and people like you and i in these big network groups that you host as well it's yeah there's some silver linings to this that's bringing us back in for that connection point of view
1: yeah yeah for sure i mean that i the reason i asked this was like the two biggest things i think is like community and conversation which is the same like the same thing connection combines the two things and it was really surprising for me to kind of come to that conclusion over my time in the work that I've been doing but it's it's so true and and when you mentioned about not necessarily being the crisis of you know not being able to do something or really needing someone's help urgently and changing it to like I just need someone to I don't know mow my lawn because I broke my leg whatever it is you know something that's that small thing it also allows people to meet new people to connect and do all those other things and that's the biggest thing that People struggle with is as they get older, uh, is that not being able to see new people, not being able to go outside of their current circles, and feeling stuck in that. And that's what gives people that bleak outlook. It's like when you feel trapped in a job, and as soon mm. as you put in your notice, the job suddenly doesn't seem that bad anymore because you can see that light. It's it's so funny. I speak to so many people, and that happens. So yeah, exactly. it's, it's it's really interesting, and I love that there is. It's a platform that could be for, for everyday kind of tasks, but at the crux of things, it's that connection that, that is the purpose for it. And I think that is, that's really cool. And I think that differ, differentiates it from, like you said, like making it more mainstream, but it's yeah. important <laughs> too, right? It's important because we need those everyday things because we all level up. Even once you're out of that crisis mode, you're on to the next level and, you don't want to stop having that help at that next level or giving that help at that next level. So I think that's, that's really cool.
2: Thank you. Couldn't agree more.
1: Now we're getting towards the end of the podcast and Mm. I have three questions that I ask all of my guests uh, towards the end. And I want you to answer these questions from your perspective now. And we're taking off the crisis heroes hat, right? And I know, I know you're in that kind of that mode and you're used to talking about (laughs) that stuff, but uh, yeah, I want, I want to, make sure that these questions are focused from from your perspective too. So the first question I have for you is, what was the first small step you took to get to where you are right now?
2: Taking, taking a risk, I guess. Taking, a, yeah, t- taking the plunge to, to try something new. And I think that even stems back to doing the, the over, overseas thing like yourself. So outside of Crisis Heroes and wearing the Crisis Heroes cap, in essence what you and I were trying to do is try something different because what we were currently in just wasn't working. So, and I see one of my mates that just bogged down in, and I'm not even going to call it the nine to five, I'm going kind to of call it a seven to nine. And We spoke about my brother and what he's done to pivot and things like that, but like that's not for me. And my disclaimer is, if it's for you and you get fulfilment and purpose out of your nine to seven, then I'm never going to argue with you differently. But for me, as righteous as it sounds, the the reason for me travelling and trying something different was there's got to be more. There's got to be more to this. And so yeah, taking that plunge and that risk, be it travelling and crisis heroes, is 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 is, yeah number one.
1: And I'm sure now you're working from like. Six till eight or nine, <laughs> is it yeah. all right? <laughs> Well, getting <give me> his <laughs> charge,
2: but, but and, and that's, that's an amazing point. And, but it's on my accord and it's mine. And, and, and I've never been more proud of that. And, and, you know, I said in another community, in another networking thing with you, and I've got to be careful where this is used, but like, um, screw the man. And again, <laughs> like that, that's for some people. And I love that. And what I think's not, right or wrong compared to yours but for me to be able to have something that is mine and be able to call, call the shots but not even all the arrogant societies is to have that sense of fulfillment and purpose has never been has never given me greater satisfaction than now
1: yeah i uh, yeah and i think that's a clear difference right you can be working those long hours but when it comes sunday when it comes the weekend like you're not dreading you don't have that dread you want to do the work (laughs) and the work is fun it's it's that integration which i I think it's for only a certain amount of a certain type of person as well but the work-life integration thing is working with your mates being able to create a working lifestyle when let's say in future you still want to be able to travel or work remotely or be able to do stuff on the weekend, step away, rotate within the team to be like, mate, you need a break now, take it up. You know what I mean? All of those things. So I think it's really cool. Exactly. The next question I have for you is what is your biggest millennial crisis right now? And I define a millennial crisis as a privileged problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your mental health or
2: well-being. (sighs) Uh, this bubble, this uh, this lockdown, and I'll try and make this the 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 short story. But I wrote a blog, and I think you read it a week ago. And it had enough, and I was I'd raged quite about being here in lockdown for the ninth week, and it really really got to me. I was in a bad kind of way, and um, published this blog about um, people in Melbourne are suffering, etc. And then my brother came along and said a book my doorstep which was the happiest man on earth now this is about a holocaust survivor and what he went through so the argument in my blog right was that we can't measure one another another's suffering i think that what he went through we can <laughs> that's on on a different extreme but the argument in my blog was that um you know it's dangerous to to compare one another's suffering because and i think that's why without speaking as a professional, we are sometimes bogged down and get, um, dark thoughts because we go, I can't feel how I'm feeling. I can't justify it because there's somebody else that's worse off than me. Right. And that's where I drew a line in the sand and I said, no, it's actually okay that, you know, to a certain degree, I'm not okay right now. And I can address that and, and, and feel those feelings. So that's what I was getting out there. But, um, it's as if I'm um, in bed with this book, but I would recommend to everybody, including yourself, that you read, read "The Happiest Man on Earth," and that made me that, that that changed my day, and that gave me the key word, which is perspective. So, back to your millennial crisis question, it was the loneliness and the isolation in, in in this bubble, and knowing that it was okay to to have those those feelings of anger and sadness and for once in my life, not go, no, I'm not allowed to because there's somebody else that's worse off than me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I love that. And, and the reason I always ask this question is because usually with, with the answer comes like, oh, I know I'm lucky or I know this, like people usually always say that at the end. And the whole reason that I started the blog was because I always felt like I couldn't be, upset at the situation i was in or unhappy with my life because i was so lucky in it and the reason why the millennial crisis like came about was because uh, those of us with privilege those of us who you know have a certain level on Maslow, maslow's hierarchy right yeah. we we can get out of that little rut so much quicker if we feel those things we let ourselves be in that and then we're able to help so many more people and so people like when people ask well, why help those who are already privileged instead of the underprivileged? Because you can spread that so much further because those privileged people just need one or two little things before they can realise that they can help 500 million other people after that, you know? There there you go. It's that
2: ripple effect. Yeah, you you beat me to it. It's that ripple effect. And if we can empower people that are privileged to be able to then um, put their time and effort into helping people less less fortunate than them, then that ripple effect is a a huge game changer for us.
3: Yeah,
1: I love that. Thanks for being so open in that one. I love that. Um, And then the final question is, what is one thing you still want to explore or are curious about? This doesn't have to be work-related, by the
3: way.
2: (laughs) This can be anything. (laughs) Wow, wow, I love the question. uh geographically like quite quite literally geographically is i want to explore and i think you're sure are in the same boat there so i don't know if anyone's answered it like that before but you know i'm itching to get out again and see the world so that's one um but also explore my mental health uh more as well um and get to a point where i'm totally comfortable in being in my own skin so you know I've, I've battled with that for 10 years now and um this is my first week uh off medication I know that's a huge thing to hear and everyone's like whoa scram- scramble scramble stop the podcast but for me this is the most gratifying experience I've ever had and, and it's nervous and everything I'm nervous but like I've informed the people closest to me in my life and I'm getting that psychological support and everything like that so um the biggest thing of 2020 is the fact that you know I've been able to be in the be able to explore these things that I would have got distracted by. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at, Jamie, with all this is that like life gets in the way, work gets in the way, punching beers at the pub with your mates and being hung over on a Sunday in KFC gets in the way. So like for me this year I've been able to stop and actually focus on me and what I'm doing right now is is um something maybe that would have taken a few more for you
1: few more years for me to get to. I love that. That's that's really cool and awesome. And what I want to ask secondary to that is when it comes to like thinking about the future and and looking into crisis heroes and as it grows and when we do get more freedom, how are you going to prioritise you and that that other side of things, the personal life, the self-exploration, the mental health side, taking care of yourself and the journey of the business and stuff like that. Is this something that you within the team like discuss actively or is it something that you need to kind of consider more because of the rapid growth that as things happen or if they don't whatever?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. And and it's a bit of both, but I'm so lucky from the start that only the other day I said to Matt, Matt and Nick, I'm having a really bad day, guys, and they're just like, "Shut your laptop off, go, go, and go for a walk, and do what you need to do." And crisis heroes will be here. And I think in my past jobs, I've never been able to prioritize that for fear of the stigmas, but more so, you know, the boss going, "Mark, get back to work," stuff like that. So we've always we we, as simple as it sounds, we have one another's backs, and that it means more than more than anything um, for us. So moving forward, as things grow, we've got to be strategic and wearing my business cap again is, is that we need to have things in place to make sure Crisis Heroes keeps doing its thing without us having to be there. So if that's more people or new technology or just being smart like that, but also the other thing is to recognise what we're doing this for. While we're doing it to help people, we're also doing it to, give, to get life back for ourselves as well so we can never lose sight of that and you know that's why i said at the start of the podcast writing down that little note about that woman and how it helped her or us consciously reminding one another to put the laptop down is something that we're always uh striving to do more of and hopefully we'll continue to do that's awesome
1: do you ever feel the pressure to grow quicker to keep going to work around the clock and all of that
2: yeah and we can also get caught up in the seven days a week syndrome as well because slack is always on and stuff like that so we're getting better at muting slack when we need to and getting better at prioritizing our friends and family and you know there's this other rationale that we've got right now which is let's let's work as hard as um, we can right now given the the lockdown circumstances but i've also said you know you've got to prioritize what matters most. And if that's going for a walk on the beach for half an hour and shutting your laptop off, then yeah. So always refining that, that vision.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I love that. And I think it's, it's something that comes up as a blurred line when it comes to working somewhere where you're passionate about or working at a job that brings purpose is that it is a lot harder to switch off because you feel the weight of everything on your shoulders, even harder. So Um, Yeah, it's awesome to continue reminding yourself of that. Mm. Now, you have a challenge this week for everyone. And would you like to share that with the listeners right now?
2: I'd love to. Thank you. As much of a self plug as this seems, it's really not. It's to get, for you listening, to sign up to Crisis Heroes and and do one of two things, is to either register and help support somebody or arguably the harder and braver thing to do is put on there and and say i need some assistance now that can be that can be uh, a tangible physical thing you know the lift the desk the the do whatever or if you know you do need somebody to chat with then then do that so either you know because there's no greater sense of fulfillment than being able to help somebody so if you can get on there and do that um or if you need a hand i would encourage you to, to do that but my Third point is, it doesn't have to be crisis heroes. It can be wherever. It can be lifeline or barter or or um, yeah, uh, wherever you want. Just to put yourself out of your comfort zone enough to be able to help somebody else and see what kind of gratitude that gives you.
1: I love that. That's awesome. And and yeah, I I I think that is that is such a great thing. And it also kind of shows the testament like the way that you speak about crisis heroes it's not in a promotional way it's in you can hear the i guess excitement and the purpose in the work and the outcomes that you see which i think is really cool and i'm excited for for people to do that so if you do do that please let us know and make sure that you tag crisis heroes in that so if people want to connect with you or if people want to follow the crisis heroes journey and see what you're up to where is the best place for them to connect with you
2: they can connect with us at crisis heroes look on facebook instagram twitter linkedin just type in crisis heroes but you know my offer as we're getting at at the start demi is to anyone that has got a startup or more generally wants to have it have a chat is to me as well so Mark Atchison is my name and, and you can search me and find me through the Crisis Hero stuff and if you've got any questions related to business or not, I'd love to be that leg up to support anybody.
1: Beautiful. That's awesome, Mark. Thank you for that. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I've loved hearing your story and and the journey that you've been on in 2020 and I'm excited to see where Crisis Heroes goes, what you do next and how <laughs> once lockdown's lifted, how things <laughs> things will continue to move forward and um, oh, yeah. and grow there. So, yeah, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for, for coming on.
2: Thank you so much for what you're doing as well. It's a massive credit to you. Awesome.
1: Thank you.